and welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, we're speaking with Tina Kim from the Division of State Government Accountability at New York State's Comptroller. And we're talking about the Smart Audit. It's a process they put in place up there. Brings in innovative tools and techniques and uh, very focused on people. I think you all will find this very interesting. Maybe something you might want to think about implementing at your workplace. Let's talk to Tina. Hello and welcome to the podcast. All right, so today we have an exciting subject. Uh, We're going to be talking about a smart audit. You know, what is that? It's a very innovative approach and dare say award-winning approach uh, that was implemented in New York State. And uh, our guest today is Tina Kim. Uh, Tina, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Paul. Well, thanks for joining us. Now, uh, why don't we just start off, give uh, the audience a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do up there in New York and uh, your position, and then we'll jump into the subject. So I'm the deputy controller for state government accountability in the state controller's office. And so we're set up a little differently than in other states. So just a little background on our office. So the state controller is not only the CFO of the state, but also the state auditor, as well as the sole trustee of the state retirement fund. So the office is 2,700, 2,800 people. And my division, State Government Accountability, or SGA, is responsible for auditing both New York State and New York City agencies and has approximately 280 employees. Okay, awesome. Well, so we wanted to talk to you today about smart audit. This is actually something, um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you actually won an award, at least from AGA. I think there's some other ones as well, and it definitely piqued our interest. So why don't we just walk into it? Uh, do you mind giving us some background on what exactly is a smart audit? So smart audit, simply put, is a methodology for effective and efficient decision-making. So it couples investments in staff and strategic partnerships with investments in high-end analytic tools and other technologies. So it's, it's not a one-time initiative or project with a deadline, uh, but it's an ongoing effort um, woven into the way we do business. And as our work continues to evolve, you know, smart audit evolves as well. And uh, what would you say, you know, what is the end goal of, of smart audit? So the end goal of smart audit is to produce cost-effective, high-impact audits that effectuate change by driving improvement in government operations. So smart audit takes advantage of advances in technology to glean insight from relevant data, including both structured and unstructured data, as well as the knowledge and insight of subject matter experts and our own people. You know, smart audit projects really help ensure that New York's resources are spent as intended and identify situations when they are not. So it allows improper payments to be recouped by auditees and provides recommendations that that if implemented can prevent losses and make programs run better. Well, yes, tell us a little bit more about that. You know, what what kind of results have you all seen from Smart Audit? And then we'll get more into the details. So Smart Audit has both organizational and project-specific metrics. And not surprisingly, because we're a state controller, state audit shop, 
One of our agency's strategic priorities is the identification of fraud, waste, and abuse. And one of our metrics is fiscal impact. So in the five-year period following the launch of Smart Audit, SGA identified over $5 billion in fiscal impact. So improper payments and revenue enhancements. Moreover, our fiscal impact has significantly increased since the initiative's inception, from $247 million when we started to $1.62 billion last year, increasing, uh, for the most part, year over year. And based on our goals, we believe that Smart Audit has worked for us. Right. And when you say fiscal impacts, you said $247 million and now it's up to $1.6. Is that basically, you know, what you've, what you continue to save every year keeps increasing or what you continue to prevent? So, so we're actually very conservative with our numbers. What we count is basically um, disallowances that are actual and potential. And we also count revenue ha- enhancements. We rarely account cost avoidance going into the future. So, so these are very conservative numbers um, that we actually use. Okay. No, that's great. Um, so, you know, it sounds like this has a lot of technological pieces to it, data analytics. Um, you know, what, what in general would you say makes Smart Audit different than some of the other initiatives? I think we focus first and foremost on people. You know, changes like digital transformation are hard. You know, there is a well-known study from 2019 that was published in the Harvard Business Review that shows about 70% of, you know, all such initiatives fail. You know, and and the numbers are really startling because it estimates that of the $1.3 trillion that was spent on digital transformation in 2018, $900 went to waste. You know, so, so the question is, What's the difference between success and failure? Well, what the literature tells you is that these initiatives generally don't fail due to the technology, but due to issues related to culture and organizational practice. So in order to succeed, you need to create a culture of innovation and collaboration and adopt practices that support such culture. You know, in a risk-averse profession, such as auditing, you know, change is not easy. But I think many audit shops, including mine, have shown that over time, by, focused on, by focusing on building, you know, a strong organizational foundation, you can do just that. And as a result, improve your organization's performance and perceive value. So, as you said, obviously, change management is very difficult. And we're talking about, you know, some advanced analytics, things that people might be a little wary or not sure what to do here. So, you know, how did you all do it? How, how would we do it? How would you operationalize, you know, a change like this? So so ultimately, change happens because people support the change, you know, because they see the benefit. So Smart Audit has a three-pronged program management approach that enables SGA to promote strategic alignment, transfer innovation internally, and track the external impact of our work. You know, these these approaches facilitate buy-in and acceptance of new ways of doing business. So, So one of the things we talk about extensively in SGA is vision, mission, and values. You know, people need to understand how their work makes a difference. You know, purpose is important. It gives people a sense of meaning, creates commitment, creativity, and engagement. And it's critical to fostering an innovative environment where people take rational risks, continuously learn and take initiative. You know, through our audit recommendation tracking project, or ART, which tracks, monitors, and communicates outcomes of our work to staff, we reinforce to them the positive impact of their work, showing them that what they do is important 
which strengthens commitment to the work and reemphasizes the value of our Smart Art of Initiative. We also believe that to feel engaged, people also need to know and understand the office's goals and how we're going to achieve those goals. And we communicate this to staff using an objectives and key results or OKR performance management program that enables us to prioritize staff's work to align with the organization's mission and vision. Finally, um, and this is the technology part, many of SGA's performance goals or OKRs are tied to the work of our Audit Innovation Unit, or AIU. The AIU is a specialized group responsible for managing and deploying the organization's data analytic and emerging technology efforts. They test new technologies, piloting them with our field staff, and then for those pilots where the cost benefits make sense, transfer those innovations internally to our op teams. They achieve buy-in by collaboration with our field staff and really listening to their feedback. So it sounds like, uh, you know, the OKRs are a pretty fundamental piece of this. Um, can you just step us through that a little bit more? So objectives, key results, or OKR, is a goal-setting program that's focused on helping organizations execute their strategies. So the O, objectives, are the goals that you're trying to achieve, and key results, or KRs, are how you're going to measure those achievements. KRs are specific and measurable and come with deadlines. So OKRs, which originated in Silicon Valley, not surprisingly, focus organizations on stretch goals and define measurable steps toward achieving the goals with progress continually monitored and communicated. So my OKRs, as well as the OKRs of my entire leadership team, are extensively communicated to the entire staff, giving our staff a clear picture of what the priorities are and the strategies we intend on using to achieve those goals. Similar results are shared with the entire organization, successes and failures, as well as changes in strategies and the data behind those decisions. In that way, OKRs help produce alignment within the organization. So if you want people to buy in, you have to be transparent and you have to give people the rationale for the decisions made. And if you want to have an innovative culture, you can't be afraid to aim high and sometimes fail, which is why I like stretch goals. You know, um, I always like this quote from Henry Ford, which was, you know, failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. So continuous improvement and learning from mistakes are key parts of the OKR program and are important to professional development. So as an example, one of my objectives was to ensure OKRs maximize the use of available data and technology division-wide. You know, one strategy for achieving that goal or my KR was that 100% of our planned audits were going to be reviewed by auditors with extensive knowledge of data and technology to assess the potential use of different data sources and tools. So their, their assessments enabled SGA to incorporate both earlier in the audit process um, and ultimately led to, to more impactful results and better professional development opportunities for our staff. However, OKRs alone are insufficient. You also need to provide the data, the tools, and the processes needed to operationalize these shifts in cultures. Um, we want a data-driven culture of personal accountability. So while we give our staff goals to achieve operationally, we also give them tools and data that enables them to determine themselves the best way to achieve the goals. For instance, we created you know, Tableau dashboards for each of our supervisors. The dashboards allow the supervisors to see their own performance compared to their peers so they can develop their own improvement plans. So these dashboards are available for each supervisor for their own use and are not used in performance evaluations. 
you know, they are personal learning and evaluation tools. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. I, I really like the, the disciplined approach. I think it helps people understand expectations and uh, be able to measure how they're doing. Um, the stretch goals are great too. And I'm a big fan of the dashboard. So, so far I like everything I'm hearing here. Um, so now, as, as you mentioned, you do audits. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what your audit innovation unit does and maybe relate that to your OKRs as well. So our audit innovation unit conducts pilots in artificial intelligence and other advanced technologies for potential deployment in the field. They run our geographic information systems or our GIS program. They maintain our data catalog with a data librarian. So all the data sources that are available both in the state and basically through open data, as well as basically some of the known reliability issues. And they provide consulting services to our staff in advanced data analytics. So, so we heavily use the consulting approach as we believe if you want to encourage innovation and buy-in, you have to let your people keep ownership and contribute to the process. So this is not an AIU project. It is a team project. So, for example, when our staff needs a map for a project, the GIS unit offers them a gallery of different map types to choose from providing the staff examples and explanations of what type of information is best represented by each type of map. So this allows staff to be part of the GIS process and participate in the decisions related to how their information is represented, which again, creates buy-in for the program. So, so the AIU you know, leverages the OKR program to help achieve knowledge transfer using data liaisons to help manage the integration of new technologies into SGA's work. So, so data liaisons are audit staff who are experts in data as well as analytics. They help identify and coach staff with the aptitude and interest in developing or enhancing their, you know, their data analytics skills. So AIU, as part of the OKR program, inventoried all of our staff's technical skills and interests and created not only a set of rotational opportunities for audit staff in their own unit, but opportunities for our staff who have an interest in data analytics to work with our data liaisons on data-rich audits that we identified as part of another OKR. This allows staff to learn how to use sophisticated data mining and other AIU-approved tools on the job, transferring knowledge and enabling the deployment of these tools to our field staff. Now that's, that's, again, impressive stuff. Now, um, yeah, why don't you give us a little, maybe some examples or how have you all basically been able to implement this? Um, and how does this all work together when you're out there actually doing this work? So as we said, success is based on staff's willingness to buy into change. So, so project selection is really important. So in you know, 2013, based on our audit work, which showed a high prevalence of fraud, waste, and abuse within one particular state program, the state passed a law that required SGA to audit the expenses of every program provider at least once. So you know, the majority of the roughly 300 providers were not-for-profit organizations. And their reported expenses have fiscal impact as they're the basis for the rates that the providers are paid. So the model of payment is used in many state programs and accounts for billions of dollars of payments every year. So whatever model we built could theoretically be replicated in other programs as well. So, so normally, you know, when we do audits, we audit based on risk. So it's a rarity for us to audit 100% of the vendors in any program. So when we looked at this mandate, we saw it as an opportunity to understand provider risk in a major state program. 
and by understanding risk, we believe that we could improve the efficiency and effectiveness of our audit work. So as our subject matter experts, we not only picked two individuals who specialized in not-for-profit accountability, but SGA auditors who did this work, respecting our own staff's expertise and insight. So using both publicly available data and state data, the AIU developed using data mining tools a predictive risk model that could not only help identify those providers that constituted the highest risk, but could point to specific expense categories in providers' expenses that were statistically out of the norm based on their provider peer group and that required further analysis. You know, the model has a built-in feedback mechanism um, as additional audit work both validates and refines the model. But more importantly, the project provides tangible information so that auditors can improve their impact and audit more efficiently, cut down the amount of time that they actually spend in field work, improving buy-in for the program. So in developing this project, SGA took the best practices of leading audit organizations, both public and private, and integrated them into pre-existing you know, audit processes by automating the insight and knowledge of our staff gleaned through years of auditing to help build a model that helps staff do their work better. And to date, these audits have cumulatively identified over $100 million in recommended disallowances and resulted in 13 arrests, nine convictions, and almost $20 million in court-ordered restitution. You know, and the results like of projects like this are that program goals are better met, program recipients are better served, and there is more assurance that taxpayers' money is used for its intended purpose, all the while ensuring a better balance between the cost of an audit and the benefits delivered. And really, that's the goal of Smart Audit. Well, I just had a couple more questions for you. Um, you know, one is, so obviously we have people in the audience, federal IG, state and local IG, internal auditors, all kinds of auditors out there. Um, you know, what would you recommend as the best way to learn more about this approach? You know, is there literature out there? Do they give you a call? You know, how would you recommend people learn more about how to implement something like this? So they can give us a call and we can provide them um, with some information. You know, really, you know, Paul, one of the important things is, is that you have to basically take, you know, what we're actually talking about and develop not just a short-term plan, but a long-term plan. As you can see from what I talked about, this was implemented over many years with each piece basically falling into place once one piece was implemented. Right. And what I like about it is it's, it's not just, hey, let's, let's use a lot of innovative technology and do some data mining or whatever. It's, it's really centered around those uh, OKRs, right? So it's really about change management and people. And is that a fair assessment? I think that that's, a, that's a fair assessment. If you don't bring your people along, like you could order people to change, say, use this piece of technology, you will never get the buy-in. The moment basically, you know, people will abandon it because they've never bought into it. And so if you want long-term success, you, you have to basically give your people the basis for understanding why this will benefit them, why it will make them do their job better. You know, people want to basically do good work, and this is a methodology that can help them do that. And then my last question for you, uh, again, just for your, your organization, Looking to the future, what what are you looking to do to you know continue down the maturity of this uh, of this process, or you know what are some goals that you have in mind? 
So, so going forward, we, we are basically heavily moving into artificial intelligence. Uh, a lot of basically both on the audit side and basically for use in our own organization. We, we've actually run many pilots related to AI. You know, the project that I actually talk about is an AI project. But, but we think that that is the future. And, but it's important for audit shops to do both sides of the, the equation. It is not only basically using artificial intelligence within your own work, but it is auditing AI as well because of its prevalence and it's actually risk. And it's a very important area to consider for the future. Absolutely. And we definitely discussed that quite a lot because it's, it's very much a important thing happening right now out there, AI and all the automation. So, well, Tina, no, this was great. Uh, I love this program. I hope our audience uh, tries to learn more about it and really think about what it takes uh, to really move forward, progress in the audit world. So again, Tina, thanks for joining us. It was a pleasure, Paul. Thank you very much for inviting me. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. AGACGFM.org. We will share there a couple of documents that Tina provided about the Smart Audit so you can learn more, some great information. I definitely encourage you to check it out. And as we're rolling into holiday season here, be assured we have plenty more podcasts for you to listen to by the fire while you're eating your turkey. So until then... Your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA.